When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ten randomly selected questions. One person's reputation on the line. This is... Trampled Bet Versus. The Lockdown Football Quiz with John Walker. Today's competitor is... Hi, yeah, I'm Charles Commons, and I'm the producer presenter of It's All Cobblers to Me, the Northampton Town Fans podcast. And to most of the people, I guess, um, north of the border, Northampton Town and Cobblers is really just the phrase that Soccer AM stole very quickly. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, you, you've got quite a few of our players from the last couple of seasons. Ash Taylor now plays for Aberdeen. Hey, okay. Uh, yeah, we, we said goodbye to him on every single episode because he was rubbish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bye, Ash, if you're listening. Uh, and basically, yeah, yeah, there's quite a few players actually that have gone up north of the border the last couple of uh, seasons from us. Who have we all got? So, uh, you've got Ash Taylor's up there. Billy Mackay left us and went to Inverness Caledonian Thistle years ago. Right, okay. Uh, um, we had somebody, who's up there now? Somebody else is up there. Um, I can't think of his flaming name. Um, there's a few of them that and they play for either Queen of the South or, um, you know, the smaller sort of sides at the bottom of the SPL. Right, um, okay. So they've gone from League Two into the top flight of a football division, you know, football period. It's ridiculous. How, uh, we, we're a bit in a, well, not so much a bit, we're in a goldfish bowl. So like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Rangers fan, I really like Arsenal, but we're in a goldfish bowl. I'm just looking out our own window and obsessed with Rangers and Celtic and everything that's going on up here. What's happening with League Two down south then? What is the situation with the league? What is the situation with finances for a club like Northampton Town? Obviously, a club like Berry and Bolton on like serious financial difficulty yeah. before all this. I mean, well, we're, we're a bit funny, to be honest, because what is it now? Five, six years ago, the council lent us 10 million quid and that disappeared under the old ownership. Um, <laughs> Are you okay? Allegedly was used to build houses and um, buy Tottenham tickets, allegedly. Um, but yeah, so the new owners have had a bit of a, get a bit of grief because they haven't finished doing what they said they'd do with finishing the stand that the money was loaned to us in the in the first place for. Um, our balance sheet isn't particularly healthy. It's about six million in debt, but we're in debt to just the people that own the club. So there's no... You know, there's no other people that we owe money to, no businesses or anything like that, which is which is a good thing. Um, we're paying all of our players 100%. We're paying all of our staff. The ones that are still able to work from like home, so like the media team and all that, are just getting paid 100%. Um, the staff that can't work because like they work in the restaurant or things like that actually require people to be able to go to a game and do, they've been furloughed but the club are then topping up their, their pay so that they still receive 100%. So, that's, that's fantastic. 
Yeah, exactly. It's really, really good what they're doing. Um, obviously, that comes with the catch-22 of that's more money going back on the balance sheet. We're not earning any money at the minute because there's no football on. But, you know, the club have basically said, look, for the time being, we can do this and, and we'll carry on doing it until we can't. And then we'll start taking the measures where we, you know, stop doing those little bits and pieces where we're we're topping up and we're paying full amounts and stuff. But essentially, the club is continuing to run as normal um just with the caveat of not making any money at the moment um and i know like league two and league one clubs got together a few days ago last week and they were talking about um how to go on and obviously part of that was the money side of things as well i think there was a suggestion that that the league kind of stops but then we have the top eight in both divisions kind of play off in a yeah, it's kind of, we don't know exactly how it works, but it sounds almost as if first will play eighth, second will play seventh, and so on. And the top, and for League Two especially, um, the winners of those four matches will be the ones that go up. Um, doesn't sound like it's necessarily the best way of doing it in the world because what if the top four all lose? They'll kick off um, against the teams that are like, you know, fourth to. Fourth to eighth, but yeah, but I think I looked at I looked at your guys. So because we're a betting podcast, we we do we, we look at every league, but we tend we tend not to look in England or Scotland because the idea of our podcast is we're not really helping anyone to fish out picks in the leagues that are locally to us. But yeah. you guys had a pretty stink. What is it? Seven defeats and nine, like just off the back of February. And what are you? I think assessing eleven points off top of the table, but you're in eighth place. Yeah. So, so we, it's three yeah. games and you're in the playoff. Yeah, you're in the automatic promotion spots. So, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It is odd, and we've had a weird season, to be fair, because we're just not we're not very attractive to watch, even when we win. But you're winning games, so who cares, really, or who should yeah. care? Um, but yeah, we go we go on streaks. Keith Curl's always done it though in in his managerial career. He goes on streaks of wins and losses and draws. I think last season we had like a, 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 what was it? Something like 15 draws in, in, in the whole season. It was nearly coming up to be the record equaling right. amount of draws in the season. It was brilliant. We were on the pod. We were going, come on, get one more draw and we'll equal the record. You know, <laughs> it, it was daft, but it is good fun. Yeah. So, um, where, where, where did Peterborough sit in the league above? Would they be one of the teams playing off to go to the championship? Uh, probably, yeah. I can't say I really look at that bunch of <laughs> leaps, but you know, <laughs> it, it was just it's just it's just interesting sometimes to talk to somebody with knowledge of the lower leagues in England because there was um, I think it was Darren Ferguson that was on talking years ago when he was in Peterborough, and I think they had a couple of years in a row where they had sold their star player for six seven million pounds, like Blake Gale, um, Mikhail Smith, uh, George Boyd among yeah. that lot. And that's yeah. what they said. Is like this is literally just uh, evening out our balance sheet. We need to make about eight yeah. million on a player every year, or we're constantly just fighting against debt. And um, what what would be? I think your preference is to get the this league closed off and go to the next one. Then, like whether it's promotion, otherwise. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I don't really think about it. You know, it's weird being a football fan. You'd think I'd be like, I just need football. Come on, give it to me. But. You know what? I, I'm so like right now with the way things are. My my wife is a nurse, so we're we're sort of really embedded into all of this and what's going yeah. on. And I try and keep away from all of it. You know, literally, I don't watch that daily briefing. I don't look at the news. I don't do any of that. And 
every so often the WhatsApp groups that me and the guys have that do the podcast, they'll start talking about little things and they'll give like little snippets of something. I mean, we did, we did a whole podcast last week about how we could start watching football again. So even though it goes behind closed doors, potentially, yeah. how would the fans still be able to watch? And it came off the back of, um, is it FC Michiland in Denmark? Yeah. Talking about how they were going to have a drive-through kind of cinema experience in their stadium uh, car parks to watch the game. So we literally went, right, well, how would we do that? down at Northampton how could we do that and we came up with ridiculous suggestions Chessie who she lives in Somerset but comes up to watch every game with the dad she said well they'll get loads of tractors to come up from Somerset you know the ones that have the really big shovels on the front that can go really high and literally just scoop people up so that they'll be just <laughs> high enough over the top of the stadium to be able to watch the game um and at the same time they'll finish the unfinished stand brilliant uh, um and, and it was just things like that that we we started sort of talking about going how could we actually watch this this football match i mean we, we have a long-running joke that um our supporters trust mentioned behind the back of the unfinished stand there used to be an athletics track and they the trust went and did a really good thing which was went and got the um you know place of uh community value or whatever it is a cva or whatever it is that's based on normally pubs get them so that they can't be turned into supermarkets and stuff and the trust went and did that for the stadium and the surrounding land and when we sort of well when people fans sort of said well okay you're protecting it but that means nothing can else can be built on that land now behind the stand so we can't make any money of it what would you do with it and one of the suggestions was a water park so <laughs> every week in all, we mention the fact that we want a water park behind the stadium so one of the guys neil decided that to not just to watch the games but to finish the season we'd we'd basically put a big slide water slide there's a big bank behind our home end stand <laughs> that some people can watch the games from um we put two slides going down there and you'd basically get all the, all the, all the games in League Two that are left. You've got two slides, so you'll set one player off from one team and, and say, whoever gets the furthest wins. <laughs> so it's a bit like a ski jump, but with water. And I remember, I remember um, my local team, uh, when I stayed, actually Clyde, so they're in League One up here. Um, when the SPL in Scotland was, in, was created in 1998, mm. they had a criteria and it was to try and get fans through the door. And yep. the criteria was to get promotion from the championship into the premiership. You had to have a 10,000 all-seater stadium. But we're in Scotland, whereby Rangers and Celtic pull pretty much all the crowds. So yeah. um, there was two seasons in a row where the team that won the league were not allowed to be promoted because they didn't have four stands with 10,000 all-seater stadiums. And Clyde were one of the teams that, were, that built the stands. Yeah. So they had the free stands built and then had to close off this faraway stand, but they ended up dropping down to the bottom division. So they ended up building a gym. So there's just a back wall on the, behind one of the calls that if you're on the treadmill on a Saturday afternoon, you can watch the game. <laughs> That's brilliant. That membership must be expensive on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Charles, thank you very much for doing this. So there's a hundred questions to choose from. You're just going to choose numbers one to a hundred as we go through. Um, okay. I keep rearranging it in different orders after people have been on and off, but somehow the, the, I like three of the questions have arranged in four of the podcasts already, even though they've been all over the place. So 
if I can just get you to choose your first number and we'll go from there. It's a variety of levels. There are some questions that I consider gimmies that you're lucky, but there are others where I feel sorry for some of the people that have got more schools already. So basically that's one to 100 for me then, mate, because I'll be <laughs> terrible at <laughs> uh, First number, uh, we'll go with oh, my number seven. That was always my favourite football shirt number, number seven. This question has appeared four times, which is just phenomenal. In the 2018 World Cup in Russia, PSG and which English club provided the most goals at the World Cup? So PSG Ooh. had Neymar, Kelly, and Bappe. Yeah. Um, so which English team provided the most goals? I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna presume that this isn't like who wants to be a millionaire and I can take four years to answer each question. So but not four years, <laughs> no lifelines, and there's nobody coughing in the background if you say anything wrong. <laughs> Might be just a small toddler up here though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I'll, Harry Kane scored loads, didn't he? So let's go Spurs. You are correct. It is Tottenham. And you're the first person yeah. to get that right. Everyone else has said Man City. I can and, understand why. I can get yeah. you know, loads of international players, but Kane Golden but Boot. The Golden Boot, that's, exa- that's exactly what I said. I think so many people seem to have thought uh, Griezmann won the Golden Boot. So you're, you're off to a flyer. Amazing. Right. I'll go with... I'll go with number 18. 18. Well, this one's appeared again. In the UEFA Cup final in 1998, Inter Milan beat Lazio 3-0. Who was awarded man of the match in that game? Some Italian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 1998. 1998, Inter Milan beat Lazio 3-0. Who was man of the match? Inter Milan, Lazio. Gianluca Vialli, don't know. It was Ronaldo. Oh. The OG. Oh. <laughs> An absolute standout performance. Do you know what? Uh, do you know now? Now you've said that, I remember it's... that game. That's dreadful. <laughs> Had a shocker there. Uh, the third one. Uh, I'll go with number twenty-six. Number twenty-six. The Champions League final in two thousand and five saw Liverpool come back from being three 0 down at half time against AC Milan to dramatically win the Champions League in penalties. Who scored the opening goal in that game? I was probably drunk by then. Um, <laughs> the opening goal of that game. Oh, it was it. Shep- I'm going to sound like a right idiot if I get this wrong with this answer. Was it Shevchenko? It was Paolo Maldini. The other one. Yeah, he scored after forty-five seconds. A, yeah. a free kick for Pirlo, right-footed strike. Yeah, I think everyone probably remembers every goal after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, with with quite some clarity. <laughs> um, so you're one out of three. What's the fourth question? I'll go Mario Balotelli, forty-five. Forty-five. Who was sent off late for Juventus in the Champions League final in Cardiff in two thousand and seventeen as they lost four-one to Real Madrid? This is one of the hard ones, so I apologise. 2017. Who was playing, John? Sorry. Real Juventus versus Real Madrid. Who was sent off for Juventus late on? See, I'm not a great Italian football lover. Not since, you know, the, the Channel 4's program <laughs> <has> disappeared. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> if, that, if that ever came back, then I'd be well on it on a Sunday morning. But 
oh, Juventus players, 2017. Um, no, um, no idea. Absolutely no idea. Think of someone Italian. Can't even do that. That's shocking. Balanced. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing. Um, I can't even think of an Italian player. Why can't I think of an Italian player? There's loads of them. It's a whole country's worth. Um, oh, was it Buffon? No, it was Juan Cordado, oh. the Colombian winger. He was set off late on for a straight red. Oh, no. Okay, right, fine. Question five. Um, I'm going to take the numbers higher, just in case there might be some British football higher up towards 100. Um, we'll go with 84, the year I was born. 84. In 1995, Eric Cantor dramatically kicked a fan at the side of the pitch and was subsequently banned for football for nine months. Which ground was this at? Selhurst Park. Ah, oh, there you go. Bosh. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss your achievements of getting two out of five there, but this is one of the ones I considered a gimme. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, that is an <laughs> easy one. Yeah, <laughs> there was no gap whatsoever there in my answer. <laughs> Um, two out of five, so what's your sixth question? 85. <laughs> Let's see if that's another one. Who was the top goal scorer at Euro 2016? Oh, oh, the Euros. Who even won the Euros in 2016? Was it um, Muller? Thomas Muller? No, it was Anton Griezmann. Ah. As Portugal beat France 1-0 in the final. So we're two for six. What's your seventh question? <laughs> right, well, uh, seeing as that, that clearly wasn't British football related. <laughs> um, 66. Who finished third at France 98? Third? Yeah. Oh, right. So, Brazil-France final. Yep. Who did they beat in the semi-finals? I always, whenever I think back to, uh, you know, previous World Cups, I always try and think of kits and picture the kit. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I have this team's kit from that World Cup. I'm not wearing it just now, obviously, France. <laughs> um, who got there? Um, let's go with, uh, let's go Germany. I don't think that's right. <laughs> it was Croatia. Yeah. France yeah. beat Croatia 2-1 in the semi-finals and Croatia beat um, Holland in the semi in the third, fourth place playoff. Blast. Okay, cool. Right, get on it. Let's see. Um, 97. 97. Oh, this one's appeared three times as well. At which World Cup did Diego Maradona manage Argentina? Is that 94? At which World Cup did Diego Maradona manage Argentina? Right. Oh, yeah, hang on. The question wasn't when he snorted coke. Right. I mean, um, that, could, that, that could be a variety of any one of the last <laughs> yeah, uh, you're six right. or seven Dude, World yeah. Cups. <laughs> um, was it, oh, now, was it 2010 or 2014? Which one? 20, 2014, was that? Oh, now I can't even think where they were. <laughs> So 2014 was Brazil, 2010 was South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. 2006 was Germany, 2002 yeah. was South Korea, Japan. So I think it was... Uh, I 
No, it's not that recent, surely. <laughs> when I seen this question, it was any one of the, the three prior to this one. I couldn't place that myself. Right. I'm, I'm ruling out a few first, I think. So it wasn't 2002. I'd have remembered that. We'd I have think... remembered that alongside Seaman getting lobbed. Yes. That would have been the two things that you'd remember from that World Cup if, if Maradona. So it's after, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's after them. Because he wasn't, he wasn't that bad of a manager. I know, I know he's managing Argentina and they're a pretty good side regardless, but he wasn't that bad. He... Yeah, I think in the World Cup he got to the quarterfinals and was knocked out by the, were they the finalists? No, they were the semi-finalists that year. They get knocked out. So they were knocked who, out in the quarters. Who, who was that, John? <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say that. Once I tell you who knocked him out, it might become a bit obvious. Yeah. Um, uh, I... I'm going to go with, oh my word, right, just pick a number, 2010. It was South Africa in 2010. Oh, thank goodness. This was the one I went down the rabbit hole, I've said this to every guest, but I went down a rabbit hole of looking into it, and there was a few games where he was playing Lionel Messi as a central midfielder. Yeah, yeah, I do remember thinking. Because he was just just trying to get everyone in the team, so Di Maria, Aguero, Higuain, all of them just crammed into one team. So you're up to three out of eight. So what's nine? <laughs> uh, we'll go with 71. I can confirm three out of eight means you're definitely not finishing last. Oh, okay. Um, 71. Mexico hosted the World Cup in 1986, but due to financial reasons, they were not the original host. Who was supposed to host it? Oh. Oh, I don't know this. That's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> so... Financial reasons they hosted it in 86. God, imagine if it wasn't. Gary Lineker would never have won the Golden Boot if it was somewhere else. They may have. They might have done. Doubt <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> um, I reckon it's got to be somewhere else in South, Af- uh, South America because they always award them, don't they, into continent. So it'll go from like South America to Europe to Qatar. Yeah, it has to move, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, for financial reasons, um, I don't know if they're big enough to actually host the World Cup anyway, but I'd go with Uruguay. It was Colombia. Ah, okay. So they had to withdraw a year and a half before because they weren't going to be able to build any of the stadiums that they'd okay. promised. So your last question, like I said, you definitely can't finish last. So okay. that's the I had this analogy that I said, whenever you go for a, a coupon day out with your friends to the pub and you've got to pick a team each, the aspirational goal is to win the coupon, but mainly it's to make sure you get the team that cost it. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd, do you know what? I don't feel like I've actually hit a British question yet. You know, British football question. <laughs> Even the Cantona one, I don't think was part of the British questions. Um, I've not... Oh, well, I'll go with number... Uh, why is this so hard, picking a number? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, I'll go with number 35. 35. Oh, you've got a UK question. Oh, <laughs> watch me cock it up. In 2001, 2002 and 2004, Liverpool won at at Old Trafford by the score of 1-0. Who scored the goal in each of those three games? It was the same player. 0-1, 0-2 and 0-4. Yep. 
Liverpool beat Man U 1-0 at Old Trafford one player scored all three of those goals right okay my missus and her family are all United fans um, so you can guarantee that oh, mind you guarantee, if I'd known her back then I'd have ribbed her but <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a long time ago actually thinking about it so just under 20 years ago who would have been that's quite that's quite a good amount now are they are they all you said these are all at Old Trafford all Old Trafford all 1-0 right. victories so it's all it's over the period of four years so it's got to be a player that was at the club for a decent amount of time all 1-0 victories as well I think at the time, I remember at the time the goals were just iconic because I don't think Liverpool had won at Old Trafford in ages when they first done it. Yeah. So you, you, you end up wanting to say certain players, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> and you are right. You, you would imagine that this would be like folklore almost. I, I, I can see every goal. And I'm not a Man United or Liverpool fan. I know every goal. Trying to think back to then. Who was playing then? Who was managing Liverpool then? Right. It was Gerald Hooley every it time. It was Hooley. Okay, it was Hooley. Right then. So these aren't these aren't answers yet. I'm just re- reeling some names off. Yeah, the, the goal wasn't Gerald Hooley, so you're all right. I know that much. <laughs> so uh, playing under Gerard Hooley, uh, Heskey, Gerard, it, Gerard's the other, but he'd be he'd be even bigger of a legend, you know. That would that would come above the goals that he'd scored, like in the FA Cup final to win it against West Ham. It, they'd come above goals that he'd scored in the Champions League. It can't be Gerard, right? It's not Gerard. So Heskey, he made it five, but I don't think he ever scored against United. So who else? For some reason, John Alarice is tickling my brain, but I don't know why, and I can't think of a, an actual goal but then again I can I can I can think of a John Arisa goal against United he definitely scored a screamer against United at Anfield yeah that's it it's whether they were wearing white when he scored <laughs> it um, this is tense you know what I'm going to make it worse for myself John can I move up a place in the uh, in, in the league ladder if I get this question right no I don't care then. Not, not uh, yet. I but some, somebody else could get four. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, Liverpool, 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 Liverpool. Who the hell played for Liverpool back then? Um, there were loads of people that played for Liverpool. Yeah, Gerald Tully had a huge squad and his midfielders and strikers changed regularly. Sa- oh, hang on a minute. Oh, not my final answer, but Sammy Hoopy has got to be in there. I mean, he played for them. Yeah. He did score. Scored quite a lot. I'm giving no points away. um, You've got... Who else have you got? Um, Michael Owen back then. You know how when you're thinking self, it'd be really good just to get loads of British questions. (laughs) And then when you actually do... hmm, Why would you go with... I don't... In a way, you know, this is horrible. I've been looking forward to this all morning, right? <laughs> but now I'm literally like, no, I'm I'm really, really annoyed because I can't think of who it would be. <sighs> I'm I'm just right, Stephen Gerrard. It was Danny Murphy. Oh, 
<laughs> Danny Murphy scored um, in 2001. It was a it was a free kick he played just outside the box to Bartes's protected side. Yeah. And then the next season, Gerard whipped the ball in from the right wing and he like, a wee kind of lob chip on the volley, which is a lovely finish. And then in 04, he was became the first player to score a penalty at Old Trafford since Rule Fox. Yeah. 20 odd years before that. But yeah, it was Danny Murphy. <sighs> Danny Murphy. I've I've never liked him. <laughs> <laughs> you can just add that to the reasons now. Yeah, yeah, I can do, yeah. Every time he comes on Match of the Day or Match of the Day 2, I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and from now on, I'll be deleting it from the uh, skybox. <laughs> Charles, thanks very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, it'll be out within the next week. We're just going to do do all these recorded, then release an episode a day from then on. And then at the end of it, we'll confirm who's won. Fab, that won't be me, but brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you can't finish bottom, so... Then, the you know what? That, that's an achievement for Northampton Town, let alone me. <laughs> right, thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, John. Great See you later, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast was written and produced by John Walker and Gary Black. For more of our podcast, please visit tramplebet.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.